Doncic wins the game at the buzzer. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of The Gunshot. My name is Grant Gunn. I'm joined with my sister, Lauren, writer at MathMoneyBall.com. We are here bringing you part two, where we go through the Western Conference, trying to kind of find some of the trade packages um, that we think might make sense for some of the four players that we that we did through the East last time. And we'll go through them in, again in a second. Uh, but just disclaimer off the top, we don't think any of these guys are going to be traded or should be traded. Uh, we're just trying to show you what our thought process was when we put together some of the, the trade packages that we had, had kind of drummed up um, when we did this for Ben Simmons a couple pods ago. So uh, the four guys we're looking at, Kevin Love, Miles Turner, Kristaps Porzingis, and Harrison Barnes, uh, those guys all make anywhere from 18 to 31 million. So significant contracts that, that are worth trading. And, and we try to break down their contracts amount uh, during the trade discussions as we um, throw out the packages. But just, just to reiterate, Kevin Love is set to make 31 million this year. Miles Turner, 18. Porzingis, 29 and a half. And Harrison Barnes, 21. So um, some things to discuss. Uh, mostly win now players. Miles Turner, obviously, Chris S. Porzingis, a little younger than the other two, but but all obviously guys that come in and help win your team or help your team win. All right. Before we start, actually, with the Western Conference, I want to share a story that I thought of. Uh, Lauren, I, I FaceTimed you Friday night. Friday was the release of NBA 2K22. Um, I ordered the box cover uh, hard copy of the Dirk edition because my thought is Dirk is never going to be on the cover of an NBA game again. And I wanted to have something with, with him on it. So I debated whether or not I wanted to get the Luca box or the Dirk box. Anyway, I ordered the Dirk Nowitzki box and I kept getting conflicting information when I put in or, or when I got my shipping notification, I was seeing um, something was going to get here on Friday. And then it also said that the anticipated delivery date was Monday the 13th. So I really had no idea when this was going to get here. I finally thought like, okay, maybe I'm getting the, what's it called? The code that you put in to download the game on Friday. And then I'll get the hard copy box on Monday. Like I genuinely just did not know what was happening. And then I I'd go into my mailroom on Friday when I got home from work thinking, okay, I've got the 2k game. I've got something. And I have this massive box and I don't know what this is. I bring it into my apartment. I open it up and I immediately FaceTimed my sister because it was the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen. Um, because I ordered the, the legends edition of NBA 2k, uh, I ordered it from GameStop. Uh, they were apparently running some special that I either did not know about or just missed when I was placing my order. But it came with a limited edition NBA 2K22 outdoor basketball. And it comes in this own <laughs> box. And I opened it up not knowing what it was, thinking maybe it was the game. But obviously, I get this big box. I have no idea what it is. And I open this, I open this basketball, and there's no game with it. I didn't get the code or anything. <laughs> I still have yet to be able to play NBA 2K22. Uh, it released it released Friday and here I am it's Sunday I won't be able to play it until probably Tuesday uh, assuming it gets here at some point tomorrow so that sucks but I felt absolutely ridiculous having got this basketball my dog is terrified of it because she's like this is clearly a ball but it's not a ball that I can play with um, so that has sucked 
and is also hilarious. So I'll post a picture on this. I, I told my sister, I was like, can you imagine walking up to a court with a basketball that said NBA 2K22 <laughs> on it? I think so, the whole thing yeah. is hilarious because you know how when you FaceTime me and I saw the 2K box, I was like, what is this? Like, you know how sometimes like celebrities will get like gift boxes. So I kind of assumed, right. I assumed it was like you had won some special like pro- random prize <laughs> in your delivery. And it was going to be like this grand reveal. The game was going to be in there. Like Dirk's face was going to be right there with Kareem and KD. Like it was going to be awesome. And then you open it on camera and it just is a, an out door basketball not even like a wilson evolution with 2k22 yeah. and we're talking like a rubber spalding outdoor oh my god it was it was awesome it was awesome i was like well <laughs> i hope you yeah. were i hope it was everything you wished for but the legend yeah, exactly. edition, when, so, it, when the box comes in it'll be sick so right. yeah so we will see um so i'll i'll post I'll post a picture of that basketball once this pod drops so you all can take a look and laugh at how ridiculous this is with me. Um, But anyway, so like I said from the top, we're going down just discussing uh, potential trade packages that we could see for some of these players. Uh, We're going to start at the top of the Western Conference. Uh, That brings us to the Utah Jazz, Lauren. They had obviously an interesting offseason, brought in some pieces. Rudy Gay um, brought back Mike Conley. also brought in Eric Pascal, Hassan Whiteside. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody as I'm scrolling down the roster. Rudy but it doesn't Gay. look like it. I did say Rudy Gay. Yeah, then I don't know who else. Yeah, so so a, a great offseason. Obviously, when you look at kind of the moves they had to make, it, it was kicked around that Mike Conley wasn't going to come back to Utah. So I think the fact that he did was, was a good thing for them. Um, they do want to probably run this back, having added a couple pieces um, and then some depth. But – these players that we're looking at obviously could help um, their team as a whole. So Lauren, what are your thoughts? I don't think Miles Turner or Porzingis make a ton of sense here. Um, but Harrison Barnes and Kevin Love, I think are two pieces that, that are intriguing. Yeah. I, I don't see Kevin Love being an option because if you're going to have to match salary, that's, uh, that's tough. Uh, I, I don't see that being a win for Utah with what you would, it would likely be, Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich. And I think that that's a major loss um, for Utah. Um, and, and then with who's the other one with Harrison Barnes. I don't, I mean, I don't hate that, but again, another sizable contract. Uh, he semi recently just got extended in Sacramento. So again, more money that you're going to be having tied up. I believe Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich and Ingles contracts are for, Maybe they only have like two years left. I don't think it's three. I think I want to say it's like two, um, two and maybe even one uh, with their contracts. So Harrison Barnes, you're going to have more money locked up longer. Uh, and so I, I could see why they might do it, but I don't know that I would love that move for them. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the, the interesting aspect, I don't know that Cleveland would want to take on Ingles and Bogdanovich um, for Kevin Love. Uh, especially if they think they could get some younger asset from another team looking to win right now. So I, I'm kind of with you there. Um, Harrison Barnes, I, I just don't know that he's a huge upgrade from Bogdanovich to Harrison, um, something like that, or Joe Ingles even. Uh, so I don't know that that makes a ton of sense either when I, when I kind of step back and look at it. Um, but definitely things to consider. I think Utah it doesn't want to 
run into the same thing that they always have, where they just hit the wall, second, maybe even third round of the playoffs, and never really sniff the finals. Yeah. Um, so I could see them trying to swing for something at some point, but I think we touched on on Ben Simmons and them being an option um, last or, or during that pod when we were we were talking about potential landing spots. So Utah's Utah's fascinating. They're obviously not a free agency destination. They've got to bring guys in through trade. Um, obviously, they're going to hope that Donovan Mitchell stays healthy because that's a huge piece of the puzzle for them. Um, but but, but it's tough for them when you look at some of these guys as to what they may want. Um, so moving on, Phoenix Suns are are the next team, and they're another kind of fascinating team. I don't really see a ton of potential here for them to make a swing. Maybe Harrison Barnes being the only guy that I would consider. Though I, I say that, and Kevin Love wouldn't be the worst option, though. I, I don't see him coming via trade. That would almost be more of a buyout situation. So if we're looking for trades, um, I don't know that Cleveland would, would take on a combo of Jay Crowder and Darius Saric, um, or, or maybe even Mikhail Bridges. I, I don't think Phoenix would do that, but, it, but I think that's what it would take from Cleveland's point of view. So, so just looking, I don't know that, that Kevin Love makes a ton of sense. And then Harrison Barnes, you kind of look at the same thing Utah did is, is what's the upgrade? Are we really having a significant upgrade from somebody like Jay Crowder? And you'd have to add something else to that, but Jay Crowder to Harrison Barnes. Lauren, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I really just echoing your your thoughts. I, I while I see Harrison Barnes, the appeal to Harrison Barnes, and even someone like Kevin Love, Kevin Love at thirty million dollars for Phoenix makes zero sense. Um, and Harrison Barnes, while while he could definitely help there, he's not worth unloading Jay Crowder, um, maybe Dario Saric, but definitely not Jay Crowder. And you've still got Cam Johnson, who kind of plays in that that uh, small ball big uh, position as well. So for me, none of these guys make a whole lot of sense for Phoenix. Yeah, the only thing I will say about Phoenix is when you look at the West, obviously, I don't want to say they got lucky because I do think they kind of met the right chemistry mix as well as timing, um, as well as matchups. Even a healthy Lakers team, while it looked like maybe they were poised to beat Phoenix, I do think Phoenix was just hot at the right time and was a very tough team to beat. So I don't know that that was a done deal by any means prior to uh, AD getting injured that series. Um, obviously Kawhi Leonard helped, but Kawhi doesn't look like he's going to be back this next season. So I'm, if I'm Phoenix, by all means, I think I'm, I'm taking another swing with the team I've got. They obviously added JaVale McGee as well, um, to, to, to try and kind of, um, bolster their depth a little bit. So I'm with you. I, the only other thing, and I started to say this before I got sidetracked, they do have DeAndre Ayton still on his last year of the rookie deal, I believe, uh, only making 12 million. So that helps them in, in one aspect. They're, they're not, um, they, they do have Devin Booker and Chris Paul on sizable contracts, but if you're looking to make a swing, uh, it's going to be tough for them to try to bring in a huge free agent. So if you see somebody, if you think Kevin Love is the guy to help take you to the next level and truly contend, um, maybe you do make the swing. Now, I, I don't know what it would take. Um, it, it would, it would cost them a lot of depth, I think, but, in the age of trying to win now when your window is so tight, maybe that entices Phoenix to do something. It would be tough, like we said, but something to consider. Um, moving on to Denver. Lauren, unless you got any thoughts there about Phoenix uh, after, after things I said, the Nuggets are next, and they're kind of an interesting spot, obviously dealing – it doesn't look like Jamal Murray's going to be back to start the season at least. 
Um, so is there anything here you could see with Denver or any thoughts on Phoenix? Um, no thoughts on Phoenix. Uh, I just still kind of believe that none, none of the tar, none of the guys that we're discussing would be uh, true targets for Phoenix uh, via trade. And then with Denver, same thing. I don't, I mean, again, you can, you can pretty much plug Harrison Barnes in just about every system, but if you look at what they'd have to give up to match contracts, I don't really know, uh, why Denver would do that. They just brought in Aaron Gordon. That was a great fit for them. Even Michael Porter Jr. Who, uh, can play probably that three position and, and slide right in there. He also will probably play a four with certain lineups. So moving off of something, which would have to be significant money to bring in uh, someone like Harrison Barnes, I don't see that being a good move, like a, a, a net positive move uh, for Denver. And then the rest of the guys that we're, we're talking about are mostly fives. And again, you got an MVP in your five. So I just <laughs> don't think you need, I don't think you need a whole lot more there. Right. Something that's interesting, Will Barton, they did just re-sign to an extension. Uh, I think you could package Will Barton and Monte Morris, potentially maybe throw in a future first, uh, some sort of protection around there to, to bring in Harrison Barnes to kind of help your win now scenario. Uh, but you touched on some of the guys. They've got Aaron Gordon. They've got Jermichael Green, obviously Michael Porter Jr. Um, similar, not similar play styles, but similar uh, builds to Harrison Barnes as to where do you fit them all. Obviously, it's not the worst thing. Anytime you have these six, eight wings uh, who can shoot, finding them on a place to play, a place to play on the floor is not that difficult. Right. Uh, but it definitely is kind of interesting there. Uh, I don't know that it makes a ton of sense, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Denver if they think um, Jamal Murray is progressing and rehabbing at a solid pace. Obviously, I have no um, knowledge of his injury status or what that looks like, but. If you think, hey, there's a chance they get him back um, before the end of the regular season and can get him some time, maybe they say, hey, let's let's add another piece to try to make a playoff run, whatever that may be, because you just don't know what your window is. And while you have the MVP that you talked about, I think you would do anything you could to try to win a championship. So I don't know that these are the pieces. Uh, maybe they go look to find somebody else, but that's just a thought to kick around. So. Moving on, the next team in the standings, the L.A. Clippers. I don't know that they're going to look to make a move for the reason that they don't have Kawhi Leonard. And I think if you looked at them last year, I think they thought they could have won a championship had they had a fully healthy team. Um, and so I don't know that this season is going to be the one where they look to add anything to make a run because they're, they're looking further down the road to when Kawhi will be healthy and they can take this team for a full run. So... I don't know that they would look to add anybody. That being said, um, they, they made a solid playoff run without him. Uh, Paul George and Reggie Jackson played extremely well. Um, they, they could look to add somebody. I just don't know that it would be one of these four guys. Kevin Love, I think, would be a really intriguing buyout candidate for the yeah. Clippers. Um, but I don't know that they'd look to trade anybody. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be going after anybody via trade. Uh, it will be interesting to see if – they try like what the Kawhi track looks like if maybe they're looking they're eyeing a return before the playoffs I don't really know if that's even a possibility or if that could work I'm just saying if they're saying hey we're not gonna punt on this season um it would be kind of interesting to see how they view their young guys I actually think they had a really underrated draft uh they got Keon Johnson who 
was projected at points to go kind of around that 10 to 12 range. Uh, and they ended up getting him a little bit later on. And they also got Brandon Boston who had an underwhelming season at Duke, but going into at the beginning of the last year, he was projected to be a high first round draft pick. So I like them taking a swing on both of those other guys, both of those guys. Um, and so I, I, it'll be interesting to see if maybe that's something that they try to, maybe one of those guys does have a solid, uh, rookie season or they're showing flashes similar to, to how Terrence Mann kind of came in and exceeded expectations, maybe not to, to the same degree that, that Mann has, has done, but just something like that. Maybe they try to, maybe they try to put something together to, to make a move, but I, I do like the Kevin Love call out uh, for a buyout candidate. I think that that'd be a really interesting fit uh, with, with the Clippers. Personally, I think if Kevin Love gets bought out, he'll end up in Brooklyn, uh, but the Clippers are right up there with, I mean, they're an LA team with two premier all-stars. So you can't, you can't count them out. Yeah, definitely. One more thing, uh, one more thought on the Clippers before we move to the Dallas Mavericks who are next. Um, I, I talked about them not looking to make a move because they're waiting for Kawhi to be healthy. I think that's the case unless they see someone who truly could raise their floor, not only yeah. this year, but in the future. Um, or, or raise their ceiling, I guess, is a better way to put it. We talked about Ben Simmons maybe potentially making his way to L.A., uh, being one of those California teams that that he is eyeing. Um, I, I think that's the only move that the Clippers would make via trade where they try to upgrade. You know, we talked about another buyout candidate uh, for Kevin Love, and, and that's not really the focus of this pod, the Lakers, reuniting with with his boy LeBron and his former college teammate Russell Westbrook in in at the Lakers just seems probably a little too enticing for love to pass up because I know the Nets have added um, LaMarcus Aldridge looks like he's coming back and obviously Blake Griffin uh, returned as well. So adding Kevin Love may be a little redundant there. The Lakers mm -hmm. just seem primed to pick him up post buyout. So we'll see what happens there. Moving on to the Dallas Mavericks. We've obviously been talking about Porzingis and a lot of these things. Uh, an interesting piece is that Goran Dragic, um, has been rumored to make, to make his way to Dallas via buyout. Um, that seems to be what's going to happen, but obviously um, is not official yet. So that's one piece of the Dallas puzzle that could be out that, that could still be um, left to answered. Lauren, is there anything else? I know we talked about a Porzingis um, Turner swap when we talked about Indiana. Is there anything else you kind of see here? I don't really see Kevin Love making his way via trade. Um, Harrison Barnes, I think is an interesting kind of reu re, uh, reunion in Dallas. Um, but when you look at matching salaries outside of Dwight Powell and Maxi Cleva, I don't know that that makes a ton of sense. Lauren, any thoughts on any of these guys or, or Porzingis as well? Yeah, uh, just still, I think they're going to try to hold on to Porzingis as long as possible. A Miles Turner, the swap, I, I mean, the swap I think is still something that could could go down or like a three-team kind of deal where we get Miles Turner and, and lose Porzingis. That is something that I, I do think could happen. Uh, but Miles Turner next to Porzingis is not something that would happen. Kevin Love to Dallas is not something that would happen. Uh, but a Harrison Barnes reunion, kind of like you said, I do think that that's very interesting. Um, the Dwight Powell contract could be used. Maybe you get a third team in there. I don't know that Dallas would give up. Well, maybe I no, I could see them giving up Maxi and Dwight for Harrison Barnes. So that could be something uh, if they try to get, if Sacramento is continuing to try and get younger, maybe you see Josh Green get included in there. I'm a big fan of Josh Green, so I don't want to see that happen. But Harrison Barnes kind of brings a lot of what we need. So wouldn't be surprised. And Dallas loves Harrison Barnes. 
the front office, even though there's been such significant change, at the end of the day, it's all Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's the head honcho over there. He loves Harrison Barnes. So uh, I wouldn't totally be surprised to see them go after that. Uh, and I wouldn't hate it because the city of Dallas just, I mean, he's done so every team that Harrison Barnes ends up on, he does so much for that community. So um, would love to see him come back. But again, when the trade deadline's approaching, he's yet again going to be one of the most sought after uh, assets out there. So I think Sacramento has a real opportunity to get a, a pretty solid return. And I don't know that Dallas is the team that has the, the best package to offer. Absolutely. Very well put. So moving on, Portland Trailblazers. Portland Trailblazers yikes. Um, <laughs> do a lot of talking and, and the mouth gets full of marbles here. Um, mm-hmm. Lauren, we talked about them potentially looking to be involved in the Ben Simmons um, trade. Um, we talked about Dame and CJ and how close they are and not looking to split that up. But obviously Portland has, has wanted to do something that's going to get them over the hump. Um, there have been rumors flying around with Damian Lillard. Uh, for now, he seems like he is set on being here and doesn't want to be anywhere else. Um, but that being said, they, they would seemingly have to do something. Now, I, I think their biggest concern is hoping that they get CJ healthy for a full season. Uh, assuming that's the case, I like Harrison Barnes. I, I think you said it earlier. Harrison Barnes is a guy who fits just about anywhere. Um, and so that's, that's a nice little upgrade. I don't know what that package would look like. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic is a guy who's had some injury concerns. Um, so trying to trade him while he does have a very tradable contract that making only 12 million this coming season, uh, it is tough to see him being kind of the focal point. Robert Covington making 13 million. Uh, he's obviously a very intriguing three and D guy. Um, and then they did just acquire Larry, Larry Nance, another athletic, defensive-minded big, making uh, 10.7 this year. So, Lauren, what are your thoughts about Portland and some of the things they could look to do? Yeah, I think Robert Covington is is the the one to keep your eye on. Portland is not, uh, like you said, they're not in a they're not ready to move on from Dame or CJ. Um, they're not. I I believe I've said this on here before. I do not think that they will move on from CJ before they move on from Dame. Uh, to me, that that makes no sense. So I, while I could see Harrison Barnes making a lot of sense, I think Miles Turner is the one to keep your eye on. Um, while Yusuf Nurkic, his contract, that number is a very tradable piece. I don't see them moving him either. Uh, and yes, he is their starting center. So how would that work with Miles Turner? Uh, personally, I think that there's a way to, to make that work and kind of move Nurkic to the bench, which could favor him uh, in terms of, uh, what's the word, load management. Um, and, and Miles Turner could be that, that starting center that might help take them to the next level. He would certainly improve their defense. Uh, and and the, the relationship, it's important to note the relationship between Damian Lillard and Yusuf Nurkic is a strong one. Uh, Nurkic was just at his wedding, I believe, this past weekend it was. <laughs> uh, so they're very close. And uh, I believe Nurkic also said, if you trade Damian Lillard, you might as well trade me too, because I'm done. So um yeah, that I don't necessarily see them moving on from him, but I think Miles Turner is a very interesting one to keep an eye on because if you're if you're Indiana, and you might have to include a little bit more to make the salaries work, uh, if you're Indiana, Robert Covington might be a little bit more complimentary next to uh, Sabonis than Miles Turner. And Rick has like he's liked Robert Covington. We know that following the Mavs very closely, so uh, I could see that be something that kind of is out there or maybe gets talked about a little bit. I don't know if they necessarily come to an agreement there, but adding, uh, adding, if Portland can come away from this off season or even post trade deadline, having added Larry Nance 
and um and Miles Turner in like a six month span, I think that that's a major win for Portland. Yeah, Robert Covington is interesting. Poor guy has been traded. He was on Philly. He was in Houston. He was in Minnesota. Now he's in Portland. I think he's a guy like Harrison Barnes who just fits very well. And so yeah. he's a guy who's obviously going to get paid. Uh, I don't think he's looking at max money. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but this 12 to $15 million to maybe even $18 million, like that's his range for his career. And that's also just a very tradable contract. Um, and so making 13 million this year, obviously being a guy that can fit anywhere, I think for all the reasons you said that, that just makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and so that's definitely interesting. I I'm with you, I think, and this is a horrible comparison to make as well, because these two players are not the same at all. Um, but Hassan Whiteside last season for, um, the Blazers, I think in their wildest dreams, what they could have hoped that he could be is what Miles Turner yes. would be for That's a them. great way to put it. That is a fantastic way to put it. And so, yeah, and so adding Miles Turner would would kind of be great for them. Um, obviously making that happen, like you said, Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic, uh, I think gets you there. That gets you to $24 million, which is, is close and within that range of tradable contracts um, with Miles Turner. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Andy attaches a, another piece to that just to make salaries work and then some protected picks going to India as well, just to make it work. But I, I like that for Portland. They, they maintain Dame and CJ as their kind of core, uh, as well as adding a young rim protecting rim rolling big in miles Turner. So I love that for them. Don't know if that would, that would happen, but as far as all the trades that we kicked around and talked about, I think this one's my favorite. Yeah. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And I know that there's been a lot of Porzingis, uh, ties to Portland like if you're gonna if you're Portland and you're trying to take a swing on someone kind of similar to Washington if you're a team that needs to add talent and you're willing to take a risk you should look at Porzingis uh obviously we follow the Dallas Mavericks very closely and uh while we know that we would not get CJ or Dame in return for Porzingis Dallas is not going to have any interest in anybody else on that roster for Porzingis specifically so that's why I don't think either of us mentioned that absolutely um so moving the Lakers are next but I don't think they have any caps, so I'm not mm-hmm. even going to waste my breath with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only guy that fits, like we talked about, is Kevin Love on a buyout. So moving yeah. right past them, uh, next is the Memphis Grizzlies. They did acquire Stephen Adams in a trade. Um, he's set to make $17 million, so obviously he can't be traded again for a little while. Um, but that's another very tradable contract. The problem is I don't know what this team looks like next season in terms of um, where they fit in the standings. Uh, Golden State's going to be coming back very healthy and looks to contend that being said Denver and the Clippers don't look to be as strong so maybe Memphis kind of is in this similar seven to eight to nine kind of range um so Lauren what do you think Memphis could look to do do you see any of these guys making sense here oh boy no Kevin Love no Harrison Barnes no Porzingis uh maybe Miles Turner I think he'd be complimentary next to Jaron. I don't think that they've taken too much of a step backward with Steven Adams. Obviously, like, I I don't think that that's as significant of a step back as people are are making that out to be. Uh, But but inserting Miles Turner is a guy that's pretty much right on the same timeline as as Jaron uh and and jaw he might be a little bit older but in terms of trajectory and and youth I, I still think he's he's pretty much right there so I don't hate that for them uh but I don't I mean to make salaries match Memphis is working with a lot of 
younger salaries. They've they've tossed out, or it's been rumored that Kyle Anderson is available. I don't believe Dylan Brooks is available, um, but Kyle Anderson is someone that yeah, maybe you could try to try to do something there. You might have to add a little bit more. Or, well, you would have to add a little bit more, and I'm not sure what that would look like. But I don't hate that for Memphis. But if if Indiana's asking price is too high, which I think it could be. Uh, because I think Memphis really likes this group that they've got uh, and would be hesitant to let a lot of these guys go. I think that's where it might uh, fail to gain traction. Right. I'm with you. I think the Miles Turner is kind of the one that makes sense of of our list. Um, But the problem is you're looking at kind of a Steven Adams Turner swap potentially. And and I don't know why Indiana would do that because you're kind of looking at another Sabonis Adams um, log jam compared to Turner Sabonis, which, has seemed to work on some level. So I don't, I don't know that that, that would happen. Uh, Kyle Anderson making almost 10 million is a very movable contract, like you said. Um, but I think you'd have to package something else with that. I, right. I don't know that that would happen. Uh, they did just acquire Jared Culver this off season. Um, maybe that's a, a contract they could look to trade. Um, but obviously Jared Culver wants to prove that he could be a, a significant NBA role player. Uh, and, and this, I think is a perfect opportunity to do that. I just don't think Memphis really is in a position to make any moves. Agreed. righty, Lauren, I think this next team, the golden state warriors are very intriguing to talk about um, just because they have salary to move. And I think specifically that that is Andrew Wiggins. Um, I think Kevin loves an intriguing piece that if they believe he's truly healthy, they say, hey, that's a guy. We'll we'll trade you Andrew Wiggins back to Cleveland um, oh, or man. Kevin Love, which I, I don't know that that's a match made in heaven, but you get a wing in Cleveland, which is not the worst thing, and you get another win now, rebounding, facilitating, um, great offensive weapon for an already scary offensive team in, in the Warriors. So I, I like that. I don't know that. Um, it would happen because the Warriors may think, hey, if Kevin Love's going to be bought out, well, we have as good a chance as any to um, at least gauge some of his interests. So I, I don't know that they would pull off of Wiggins for that. But but in terms of salaries, it, it kind of matches. So so that was kind of my original thought. Lauren, um, any of your other, other pieces here that, that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I don't – so I don't think Harrison Barnes here. I don't think Chris Stapps Porzingis. Um, again, I just – I don't think that they're going to have anything that Dallas would would want. Um, but, yeah, I kind of come back to Miles Turner here. Personally, I don't think the Kevin Love thing would happen because um, Andrew Wiggins is far more valuable than Kevin Love. Um, and – but I think the Miles Turner thing is interesting because while they do have James Wiseman, it's – you know, one, what are, how concerning are his health in, injury or his, his, his injury history? Jesus, I can't get it together. His injury history. <laughs> um, but between Kevin Love or, or yeah, James Wiseman, I, I think that if they try to make a swing for someone, and I think they definitely have their eyes on making that swing, uh, it's going to include James, James Wiseman and, and some of those other young pieces. So I don't think that that's necessary. Like the only move that I could see them doing is, is some sort of miles Turner thing because he is a, he's James Wiseman. Well, James Wiseman has a higher ceiling, but he can stretch the floor. He has the defensive uh, impact. He would provide the defensive impact that they need. Um, and he's, he's on the timeline to win now. So I think the, the miles Turner thing makes a lot of sense. 
Uh, but Andrew Wiggins, like we just got done talking about Indiana and having Jeremy Lamb and TJ Warren. And I mean, Karis LeVert's not like a, I mean, he's like a wing guard. He's not like necessarily like a point guard, but he's right in there. And then they just drafted Chris Duarte. Like they've got, I don't really know that and adding Andrew Wiggins is, is exactly what they would want to do. So uh, it could get a little bit tricky, but yeah, Golden State's definitely a team to watch in terms of making trades because they're going to do something. It's just a matter of what will it be? And will they end up getting the Bradley Beal that they want or even the Ben Simmons? And, and that still remains to be seen. Right. And, you know, even, even if they don't make a move, I think Wiggins in a very reduced role, obviously he's making 31 and a half million, which is ridiculous when you look at some of the other guys on that team, um, but they're not asking him to do a ton. And so that may be perfect for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, and, and if that works, then it does one of two things. It either works beautifully and, and makes them even more dangerous or it raises his value to, to be included in the trade. So um, the Warriors are very well positioned. Obviously injuries are going to be the one thing that holds them back. Hopefully Clay gets back healthy. He's had two um, injuries back to back with the Achilles and then the ACL as well. So uh, putting, putting together a healthy season for them is the biggest focus. So moving on is the San Antonio Spurs. We talked about them a little bit included in the Ben Simmons talks. Um, do you see them involved in any of these moves? I don't think Kevin Love makes sense. They're going to be a younger team, probably looking to rebuild. So the only two, two pieces that, that kind of make sense when we're looking at this, at least in my opinion, are Porzingis and Turner. Um, mm -hmm. Turner being a Texas guy, like you mentioned, um, does have some connections here. Um, I don't know how long pop is going to be around. Maybe that would play into some of this as well. Um, but I don't know what the offers would look like. I don't know that Indiana or Dallas would be super intrigued by any packages. Um, but I don't think that that means there wouldn't be any conversations at all. So Lauren, what are your thoughts about anything the Spurs could do with any of these four guys? Yeah, the Spurs, I mean, the Spurs are interesting because I think that they've definitely had their their eyes on Porzingis in terms of why not take the swing and just see what happens, especially with pop. Like if we could somehow get something going, uh, then yeah, I think that that's something that they might entertain. Obviously the San Antonio Turner, Texas connection, like you just mentioned, San Antonio is real close to Austin. Uh, so yeah, that's, that would make a lot of sense for Turner specifically. Like, I don't think he would hate that. Uh, but it's just, do they have the assets to make it happen? Because we're talking about all of these guys that are currently in with the exception of Harrison Barnes and Sacramento. These guys are all in situations where, well, and I not Kevin love either. So let me just say miles Turner and, and, and Porzingis are in situations where they're trying to be competitive in their conferences. Uh, and so you're going to like the young assets aren't necessarily going to be super enticing. And that's really all San Antonio has to offer. Um, DeJounte Murray for Porzingis that, I mean, you would still have to add more money and Dallas, while they do want that secondary ball handler, that's not something that they would do. Uh, because again, the Porzingis Luca on paper, there's no reason it shouldn't be, uh, an abs like that should be an absolutely lethal offense. So, and DeJounte Murray, there's questions there with how that would look. So, um, while people may want to debate me on, on who would be the winner of that trade, uh, that's why I don't think Dallas would do it. So San Antonio might have interest, but I don't know that they have the assets to get it done. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, one notable kind of piece here is Doug McDermott was acquired um, mm -hmm. uh, this past offseason. He, he's a uh, interesting piece. Obviously, you would have to wait. I'm, in the past, it's been like mid-December tends to be when 
recently signed free agents can be traded. Um, assuming that's still the case with the, the COVID timeline, obviously messing with that. Doug McDermott's a, a intriguing shooter that could be included in anything. Uh, you attach him to DeJounte Murray or Derek White, um, and you kind of have, have a tradable package. But like you said, I don't know that it's enough for some of these teams to take on. Um, so moving on, next is the New Orleans Pelicans. And Lauren, um, they kind of had a less than optimal. That's not the word I want to use, but they, they had a very underwhelming season. They didn't even make a plan. Um, obviously, you want to prove to Zion that you can be a win-now team. Um, Zion looks like he can be a true number one. I know some people tend to think that, that he's not – it, the best version of Zion is not as a number one. Um, and maybe that's the case, but I felt like he was so dominant last year uh, that, that he can be, obviously that remains uh, to be seen. So, so kind of just speculation there, Brandon Ingram, obviously an intriguing piece, but if you're New Orleans, you could look at some of these guys to say, Hey, let's, let's, let's take a step up. Let's raise our floor and not just sniff this plan, but be firmly in it and maybe even contending. I don't want to say for a six seed because that seems kind of ridiculous with the West. Um, but, but they don't want to be a lottery team. And so anything they could do to add, um, I don't know that Miles Turner is the best fit next to Zion, but I don't hate it. Um, Kevin Love doesn't seem to make a ton of sense there. Harrison Barnes definitely helps. Um, and then Porzingis, I don't, I don't hate either, actually. Um, that could be kind of an interesting discussion. Lauren, do you have any thoughts here with the Pelicans? Yeah, I think the Pelicans might have their eye on Porzingis maybe at some point because next to Zion, Zion would kind of help. Uh, they would just complement each other really well. They're the exact opposite of each other. So you're as right. in, like when you're trying to pair somebody, that's what you want. Um, but they're not giving Dallas Brandon Ingram for Porzingis. Um, and so that it would get tricky at that point when you're looking at a lot of these guys and you're trying to match salary. Well, Brandon Ingram is right there, but Brandon Ingram just has more value. It's that plain and simple. And so um, then it becomes a matter of, okay, well, would you take Valanchunas and Josh Hart and like try and get some of the, and, and that's where the rubber just won't meet the road. So, or the rubber meets the road. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know that, I think I think uh, New Orleans needs to and will do everything they can to try and, like you said, add more talent because they need to prove that, hey, we've got two guys that are have stats that are good enough to be all-stars. Will they be all-stars? Maybe not because they're in New Orleans, but they're good enough to be all-stars. We need to be putting something more together, uh, and they just aren't. And so I don't know, like you said, the moves that they made this offseason – well, I like a lot of guys they brought in with Valanciunas and uh, and even um, God, I'm blanking. I can Devontae see his face, Devonte Graham. Um, yeah, like I like those guys, but it doesn't move the needle for them, especially in the West. So they're going to be buyers, that's for sure. But they're I don't know that any assets that they have to give up are going to be something that's enticing enough to really bring someone that could change things in. Right. No, it's interesting. You you talk about them being buyers and they almost have to be because they've got to show Zion and Brandon Ingram for that matter, that, yeah. that they can, they can be um, contenders. So I'm with you there. Uh, it, they're, they're going to be a team to watch. No doubt. They're going to be fun to watch because they have Zion Williams, um, Zion Williamson. So uh, we will see how that plays out. Moving on Sacramento Kings. Like I said, we've been talking about Harrison Barnes. We talked about them as a landing spot for Ben Simmons as well. 
Um, Lauren, do you see any of these other teams or other, other guys kind of making sense here? We talked about a potential for um, a Barnes-Porzingis swap. I don't know that that makes a ton of sense. We talked about Barnes for, for maybe Maxi and Dwight Powell or something like that. So, um, Lauren, any other, any other pieces here with Sacramento? Uh, with Sacramento, I don't see them doing Kevin Love. Um, Miles Turner, I mean, they just brought back Rashawn Holmes, so no. Uh, with Porzingis, maybe, but th- that that would just not. Dallas would not take Porzingis for Harrison Barnes. They wouldn't accept that trade. And I just, they, I don't think they, they could put something together that Dallas would be like, oh, yeah, let's do that. That it just yeah, it wouldn't happen. So I'm just going to, let's just keep it moving. All right, I'm with you. So next we've got the Minnesota Timberwolves, and we talked about them as well as a potential Ben Simmons uh, kind of landing spot. Uh, what we we also noted is that we didn't think they were going to move on from Russell and Cat. So if they were going to be involved in this Ben Simmons, they were going to have to probably in, involve a third team to do something to make sure they keep those guys. And so I think it would be kind of a similar situation if we're, we're looking to add any of these guys. I don't know that Kevin Love going back to Minnesota as great as that sounds I don't know that that makes a lot of sense um Miles Turner obviously doesn't really make sense with Cat Harrison Barnes another guy that could fit and kind of help um I think that's really the only piece I don't think the Mavs are gonna gonna want to do anything sending Porzingis to to Minnesota without getting somebody like Cat back or a third team sending a, a significant piece so so I think really the only one would be Harrison Barnes here Lauren what are your thoughts yeah, the, the the Dallas thing. There's just nothing that would nothing that would materialize there. Both teams would be wanting what the other is not willing to give. Um, but yeah, Harrison Barnes, kind of a plug and play other thing, or uh, another guy that, like the plug and play thing. But uh, matching salaries would would be another uh, hurdle that that they would have to jump. And and I just don't know. Like they need to add more defense. And Harrison Barnes. Uh, like he's not terrible. He's not like a terrible defender, but you need, you need something a little bit more than that. So I just, I don't think any of these will, will pan out for the Timberwolves. Yeah. It would, it would have to be some kind of combination of Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Torian Prince, um, maybe Josh Kogi, but you talk about needing defense. So that doesn't seem to make a ton of sense, Yeah, um, but it would have to be something in there. And I don't know that that is enticing enough for Sacramento. If you're going to move off of Harrison Barnes, I think you're going to want to, add some type of asset. So if you're not adding draft picks in there as well, I don't think it's worth their time of day. Um, Oklahoma City, obviously they, they're in an interesting position because they have so many assets to trade, but they're also obviously not looking to win now. Um, I'm pulling up their roster right now just to give it a double check, but I don't think there's really anything um, that they would look to do. I think they, they're positioned to be a third team in a lot of this Um it looks like Shea's still set to make uh, his rookie salary. He's still slated on his rookie deal, which seems um, off to me. But I guess that that's just how, uh, having bounced from the Clippers to OKC, it, it feels like Shea's a lot more seasoned than he is. So Derek Favors right now is is their highest paid player next year, as of as of now. Obviously, things can change at any point, but he's set to make nine point seven million. I only see OKC as a third team facilitator in a lot of this. Lauren, um, talk to me about OKC. Yeah, I, I, it's it's really I can only see them as a third team because of the the and maybe well okay maybe they could do like a two team trade but 
it would have to be with a younger team. They're not going to, there are so many teams that are buyers right now with the play in tournament that are trying to be competitive and trying to get into the playoffs. All the young assets that OKC has right now are not going to be of interest to any of those teams. So, uh, and when you're working with picks again, another future asset that is just not something that a lot of these teams want. So maybe at some point, a team maybe nearing the trade deadline, a team says, you know what, we're just going to punt on this season. Uh, even if we make the play in, like, this is just not the group moving forward. Let's go ahead and accumulate as many draft picks as we can. Maybe that's where OKC comes in. Um, and I could see the appeal of trying to go after Porzingis uh, for OKC. I've seen those, those connections. Uh, but yeah, that Dallas won't take anything from OKC. So, yeah. Yeah, something that I do think is worth mentioning when you look at OKC right now, I talked about Derek Favors being their highest paid player this next season. Josh Giddy is their second highest paid player, just having been drafted, making $5.9 million. Um, right now, they're $21 million below the cap floor. They need to add $21 million of salary to this team as of right now. That's without sending anything out. Um, so that's why I think Dallas should have a reason to be scared of Toronto and, and potentially adding Goran Dragic to that uh, scenario or to that team uh, to help meet that floor. Um, but, but they have moves to make this roster is not complete as of right now. So um, I think that's interesting to talk about because uh, they're always going to be looking to add young assets, but they, they need to add something to this team just to complete their roster and meet that cap floor. So I don't know what that will be. I don't know what that will look like, but that is going to be an interesting scenario and an interesting piece to this because they're always going to be a team that's looked at as a third team facilitator. Um, but because they're trying to tank, they're only going to want to add assets, um, but they also have to meet this cap floor. So OKC is kind of doing this interesting dance right now. I don't know what to expect or what to see, uh, but they're definitely a team to keep their eye on. Lauren, any thoughts there before we talk about our final team, the Houston Rockets? Uh, no, I, I think mentioning the cap floor and how that could come into play is, is very fascinating. Uh, so I guess we'll see what they do there to try and address that. But uh, as of right now, I think your guess is probably as good as mine with that. Yeah, something kind of working in their favor. They, they bought out Kemba Walker. So Kemba's $26.2 million does hit their cap um, this coming season. But even, even with that being the case, uh, they're still $21 million below the floor so they've got to do something so moving on to the Houston Rockets um Lauren another team it looks like they're kind of going to kind of um build these young pieces we've talked about the Miles Turner con uh Texas connection uh, I don't know that Houston's willing to make that move I think Porzingis is an interesting factor but I don't know that Houston would be willing to move on from any of these young pieces they've acquired um Kevin Love obviously doesn't make sense Harrison Barnes doesn't seem to make a ton of sense um, but John Wall being such a massive contract is always something that can be moved. You look at a team trying to meet the cap, the cap floor, uh, John Wall and OKC could be a match made in heaven. Uh, but I, I'm kind of rambling here, but it almost seems like John Wall being kind of a vet to some of these younger guys that they've added uh, would, would be in their best interest, at least. Lauren, any, any thoughts here on Houston? I don't know that their trade um, packages make a lot of sense, but, but what do you have? Yeah, I mean, I think the I don't think any of the four guys that that we're talking about would would end up in Houston right now, just given their timeline. Uh, but but the OKC thing is is definitely very interesting. I mean, you've got Eric Gordon and you've got John Wall, two contracts that are massive right now. Uh, and and it's no secret that they're trying to get off of the Eric Gordon contract because of 
like how much it is. It might surprise people when you really go look at the structure of that contract, how much money he's still set to make. Uh, but I don't, I mean, it's the assumption is that if, okay, or if uh, Houston moves on from Eric Gordon, they're going to have to attach some sort of sweetener. And I don't know what that would be. And this past week, it might've even been yesterday. There was a video coming out uh, that came out of the Rockets training together in the Bahamas on the beach and Eric Gordon and John Wall were both there. So if you're a Houston fan and you're looking at the Rockets trying to uh, at least keep this group together and have Eric Gordon, a guy who's been in that system for a very long time and John Wall, a guy who's a, a veteran with, with a lot of experience to, to help mentor these young guys. I think that's, that's an encouraging sign. So I don't necessarily know that they will be moved right now, but maybe at some point that's a conversation worth having, but definitely not for the four guys that we're discussing today. Yeah. Uh, you talked about Aaron Gordon, which is perfect. Something that's interesting. I think they want to, he, he's obviously a guy who can help teams win now. Um, but Houston is, is over the cap as things stand having John Wall and Eric Gordon. They just don't have any cap space. They're in the luxury tax a little bit. I don't think they're paying a massive luxury tax bill. Um, but when you have a guy like John Wall making 44 million, that definitely um, eats into some of that. So Eric Gordon, I think, like you said, looking to move off of that contract would not be the worst thing for them. Um, it's interesting to consider. I don't know how this would work, but an Eric Gordon just being absorbed to OKC to help them meet that, that floor would be interesting. You talked about adding a sweetener um, to Eric Gordon. Um, I, I think the sweetener, and obviously I don't know that this will happen because it just seems too perfect to happen. And, and for that reason, won't. Um, reducing their, their luxury tax bill by moving off of Eric Gordon and helping OKC meet the cap floor by adding Eric Gordon seems almost too perfect. Um, but both teams would obviously want another asset in that and, and they they're not going to swap picks by any means so i don't know that's just looking at the numbers seems to work but but i don't know makes a lot of sense in, in practice so lauren unless you have any other thoughts i think that's going to wrap up another another edition of the gunshot yeah nothing else here all, all righty well we're so glad to have kind of let you peek behind the curtain look at some of the things lauren and i are talking about when we kick around some trades uh we talk basketball so much as it is that it's always a pleasure for us be able to do this with, with you guys feel free uh reach out to us on twitter we love hearing from you guys uh we'd love the continued support that we've seen uh another great round of downloads on on our end so thank you guys so much uh hit us up on twitter we're at the gunshot uh, as well as you can find lauren and i on twitter as well i believe we're we're in the bio of the, the gunshot twitter account but tell us what you think about some of the trades we've talked about uh tell us are there any other players you think we should be watching or should have mentioned that didn't get mentioned in our in our couple of pods so Thanks for, for hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you all next time on The Gunshot.